It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week, for show number 170, for the week of March 23rd, 2017, we're going to take you to that trip back to your childhood, back to the days of growing up, those Saturday mornings with television commercials, and so much more, as we have none other than the talented, the iconic, Katie Lee stopping in here this week. Now, Katie, you may recognize from a variety of things from your childhood and even now from Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon series, the Gummy Bears, Muppet Babies, My Little Ponies, as well as Dumbo Circus, Richie Rich, and so many others. Katie has played a huge role in a variety of our childhoods growing up with these iconic voices. And Katie's going to stop in and talk about her career, what she's working on now, her most memorable moments, and her favorite projects to work with, and also being recognized for many of these iconic roles that we all grew up with. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, now the D-Team is a little bit lighter here this week. I think some of them celebrated St. Patrick's Day a little too heavy, but we do have team here for you. And we have Dominic, who's wrangling in another short leash with tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. We also have the symphony for your ears, as Paige is stopping in with another magical music review with all that magic and wonder to add to your ears. And we have Jason, who's going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you have to add to your collection. And let's not forget Cody, who's taking a stroll down this week's Hollywood Walk with a little bit more about our very special guest, Katie Lee. We also have news hot off the D-Wire from Perfumes, Beauty and the Beast, Animal Kingdom, Disney Channel, and so much more. So before we officially jump into this week's show and kick things off, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. They're going to treat you like families, open up their arms, give you that hug, and walk you through the process to make it the most magical from dining reservations, character interactions, and more. They also have bilingual experts to help you bridge that barrier and make the most out of your vacation. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to pour that gigantic bowl of cereal. Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries, Fruit Loops, pick your poison. Sit down on the living room couch, turn on the TV to watch those Saturday morning cartoons, and let's officially kick off show number 170 for the week of March 23rd, 2017, by taking that trip back to many of our childhoods. and caring, faithful and friendly with stories to share. All through the forest they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears, bouncy here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. They are the gummy bears. Magic and mystery are part of their history, along with the secret of gummy berry juice 
Their legend is growing. They take pride in knowing they'll fight for what's right in whatever they do. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. They are the gummy bears. They are the gummy bears. Envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. Stop it. Hey, guess what? The Disney Afternoon's just four weeks away. Ooh, are you ready? This is hot. Can't stop this. It's getting closer. Ooh, oh, get a little closer. Kids everywhere are joining the countdown with Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin. Hey, this is Katie Lee. You may know me as the voice of Sunny Gummy from the Gummy Bears. Does my hair look all right? Or perhaps maybe uh, Wolf the Dog from the Muppet Babies. And you're listening to Disney On Demand. From a circus flying out of the sky, you'll never see another show like this. Dumbo Circus, to see an elephant fly. Something that you really shouldn't miss. Dumbo Circus, flying from town to town. Now here's the part that's too good to be true. Dumbo Circus, Dumbo Circus, is coming to visit you. With thrills and chills and daring do. And lots of great adventures too. There will be music and magic. I hope you can come. Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 170. 
for the week of March 23rd, 2017, as we are gearing up to eat that bowl of cereal, sit in front of some Saturday morning cartoons, as we have voice actor legend Katie Lee stepping in here very shortly. And as I've already mentioned, Katie Lee, you know from Gummy Bears, Muppet Babies, Darkwing Duck, Dungeons and Dragons, Dumbo Circus, Richie Rich, Lego Star Wars, The Padawan Menace, My Little Ponies, and so much more. And Katie's going to stop in and talk about her career, what she's doing now, her favorite memories, and more. And no show would be complete without the D-Team. Yes, we have Dominic, Paige, Jason, and Cody stopping in here this week with their signature segments. The rest of the team, I think they had a little too much St. Patrick's Day fun, but I'll cut them a break since it is officially spring. We have tons of news hot off the D-Wire and so much more. So before I jump into that news hot off the D-Wire, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand. Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical little show. And remember, if you need the magic instantly in your ears right away to listen to, it's super easy. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. You can get the shows instantly to enjoy on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, the device of your choosing, just by subscribing right there on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And remember, if you can't remember all this because I tend to talk really fast and why not? It's always fun. Just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. We have all those links there as well. And I also want to give a big shout-out to a new D-Head listener. Now, we're always getting all kinds of emails every single day of the week from a variety of you. You're always shooting questions for Aaron and I want to know. You guys give great feedback. You are always connecting up with us here at the show. But we have a new D-Head and listener out there, so we just want to give a big Mickey Mouse Diz Radio shout-out to Jennifer for sending a great email that really was a good close to our week for the D-Team. We really enjoyed that nice, wonderful email, and welcome to our fun, unique, quirky family here at Disney On Demand. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, it is time to jump into news hot off the D-Wire, and how about some fragrance in the House of Worth presenting Belle by Worth? an all-new fragrance inspired by Beauty and the Beast. Now, the House of Worth, a prestige global fragrance designer, announced this week that the exclusive arrival of Belle, a new limited-edition women's scent inspired by the central character in Walt Disney's new live-action adaptation of the classic Beauty and the Beast. Now, currently the film is in theaters, but this is going to be a great fragrance that every girl and every woman is going to want to sport. Now, Belle by Worth is the creation of a master perfumer. Now, it is presented in the Couture House's original style with a great weighty octagon glass bottle, something that is remnant to the, I guess, that turn of the century, the, I guess, even going back to the 1700s. It has that wonderful feel to it, something that is going to remain decorative forever. Now, the fragrance is jam-packed with a hollowed-out book, and it takes inspirations from Belle's love of reading. So you open up this book, you creep it open, you have the fragrance right there, you have the perfume right there, and it is, you know, honestly, even if you don't want to use the perfume, you got that Bell lover in your house, it's just something that really adds a touch to that Disney collection. 
Now, Belle by Worth is the first fragrance to be created and distributed worldwide by Akita Brands, with the aim of raising awareness of conscious beauty in the 21st century, supporting global powerhouses with vegan, cruelty-free, and other products to really make it something that is unique and honorable within, I guess, creating fragrances throughout the world. Now, as they've stated with their official press release, when you mix creative talents such as Charles Frederick Worth, the first courtier who revolutionized the fashion industry with single-handedly creating a modern brand together with Disney, it is something that is going to be stellar and live on forever. Now, Belle by Worth is an all-new adhering fragrance, and it's going to be shared and celebrate many different things with Disney, and I'm sure future partnerships in the future. You can look for it right now online and many other places. Now, moving right along here, let's get into Hollywood, since I did talk about that golden age of Hollywood and turn of the century, and, you know, I think of the 1930s and 40s and that glamorous era, you know, you had the the women and the, the movie stars that tried to, I guess, really live out the roles that they had, and how about getting into Planet Hollywood, and how about Britney Spears and Academy Award winning actress Reese Witherspoon celebrating the all newly opened Planet Hollywood at Disney Springs. Now, Planet Hollywood, America's preeminent restaurant destination dedicated to celebrating the entertainment industry, opened its Orlando flagship location, Planet Hollywood at Disney Springs, and held a week-long celebration with international megastar Britney Spears and Academy Award-winning actress Reese Witherspoon. Now, this last Monday, pop sensation Britney Spears kicked off the Planet Hollywood at Disney Springs with a celebration with a meet-and-greet where she engaged with fans, signed autographs, and took selfies on the red carpet. Now, following the meet-and-greet, Spears, alongside her two sons, Sean and Jaden, and her mother, as well as her sister, Jamie Lynn, and niece, Maddie, all dined among the stars in the four-story stargazing observatory. Now, the Spears family indulged in Planet Hollywood's all-new, yet timeless, traditional menu. It is going to have great selections, including Big Bite burgers and over-the-top signature sandwiches from dynamic chef restaurateur Guy Fieri. Now, they also had a variety of other people there, including Reese Witherspoon. Yes, on Friday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, A-list actress Reese Witherspoon celebrated the opening of Planet Hollywood at Disney Springs with an official ribbon-cutting ceremony alongside iconic, yes, our favorite, Mickey Mouse. Following the ceremony, Witherspoon and Planet Hollywood International founder and chairman Robert Earl hosted an intimate cocktail reception with friends and family overlooking the heart of downtown Disney. Now, the group immersed themselves in the theatrical dining experience paying tribute to the iconic globe worldwide while passing cocktails and more. Now, this is a huge diversion from the Planet Hollywood that I grew up with and everyone else grew up with, but I think it's a great way to keep the restaurant going and moving it forward in, I guess, in the future and the way to move the restaurants. This is where you have a forward-thinking person where instead of letting it die out and fall off the planet, it continues to thrive. If you want to find out more about this or the all-new Planet Hollywood Observatory, at Disney Springs, just go to planethollywood.com. Now, moving aside from that side of Hollywood, let's get into music, because come on, if it's Disney, we love our music. And how about the Disney Music Group holding two titles in the top five on the Billboard 200 chart? Yes, Walt Disney Records' Beauty and the Beast and Moana's original motion picture soundtracks are both in the top five Billboard 200 chart. Now, two of the Disney Music Group soundtracks are holding the top five positions. Now, these are fantastic numbers for Disney, as it's been quite some time since they've held these kind of positions in the Billboard charts. The Beauty and the Beast soundtrack has entered the Billboard 200 at number three with over 57,000 album sales, and Moana is number five with 52,000 
album equivalents as well. Now, Beauty and the Beast is also number one on the Billboard soundtrack and children's charts, and number two overall with digital albums. Now, these are great numbers for Disney, as I said. Beauty and the Beast debuted at the box office so far with $357 million, and in the U.S., the film posted $174 million alone by itself, and it's the sixth largest opening of all time. And Moana crossed the 600 million mark at the global box office. And Moana was also nominated for two Oscars and two Golden Globes, including Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song for How Far I'll Go. Now, the Disney Music Group president, Ken Bunt, had said, Moana and Beauty and the Beast are two magnificent films that have touched audiences all over the world with their stories and music. It's a testament to all the talented work that so many have contributed to. Now, both soundtracks are available wherever music is sold. You knew I was going to say that. Digital, iTunes, in stores, on CDs, and definitely check it out. But Disney is continuing to rock the charts. Now, moving along here, let's get into something that's a little bit different. It's not necessarily Disney, but, you know, I'm going to tie it into Disney because I can foresee that it's going to be fun. And how about the Fox and the Hound director and the Return to Neverland scriptwriter are teaming up for Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, an all-new animated holiday film. Now, the holiday film itself is not going to be Disney-produced. So don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to mislead you. It is not a Disney production. But production is now underway on Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, a fun, heartwarming holiday story brought to life in beautifully CGI animation. Now, based on one of the best-selling Christmas songs of all time and the children's book it inspired, the film is going to feature Mariah Carey's iconic song, and it's going to be produced by Universal's 1440 Entertainment. And it is going to be ready on demand, direct-to-DVD, Blu-ray, and more for the upcoming 2017 holiday season. Now, originally released in 1994, the single All I Want for Christmas is You has sold more than 14 million copies. Wow, 1994. Wow, I had just graduated high school at that point. That is dating me. Now, in 2016, more than two decades later, it was the year's most streamed holiday single. Now, Carrie's critically acclaimed picture book of the same name, published in 2015, has already sold over 750,000 copies. Now, like the song itself, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is destined to become a holiday classic, said Glenn Ross, the general manager and executive vice president of Universal 1440 Entertainment. As he has stated, it is packed with family fun, holiday spirit, great moments, and of course, Mariah Carey. Now, the film is featuring voices of Mariah Carey, as well as many other voices that you'll know. Phil Morris from Smallville, as well as Lacey Chalet from Mean Girls, and of course, Lila Hayes from Doc McStuffins and Sister Code. Now, this is being produced, like I said so far, that it is has a great team behind it. I mean, like I said, it is connected to Disney in so many ways, because it is being directed by Guy Valvich, who also directed Lego Star Wars and the Fox and the Hound, and it has a script by Temple Matthews, who did Return to Neverland and The Little Mermaid 2 Return to Sea. Now, what is the premise of this? Because it's definitely not like the song where Mariah Carey is wooning over a man. You know, it's going to go more towards the book. When a young Mariah sees a darling little puppy named Princess at the pet store, she suddenly knows exactly what she wants for Christmas. But before Christmas wish can come true, she has to prove that she can pet sit Jack, a scraggly rascal of a dog, in fact, the worst dog in the county. Now, Naughty Jack turns Mariah and her family's Christmas preparations upside down in a variety of hilarious ways. Now, will Jack dash Mariah's hopes for a new puppy? 
Or will Christmas reveal how love works in surprising and mysterious ways? You can stay connected with this. Like I said, it's not necessarily Disney, so don't get me wrong. But all you have to do is follow hashtag AllIWantMovie, and you'll find a variety of it there as well. Now, getting back to Disney Springs here, how about cars? And everybody loves to rev up those cars. And how about Disney Pixar's Cars 3 is fueling up for a nationwide tour to kick off at Disney Springs. Now, Disney and Pixar's Cars 3 is hitting the road this month with the Road to Races, a nationwide tour inviting fans of number 95 to gear up for the upcoming big screen release of Cars 3. Now, the life-size character lookalikes of five-time Piston Cup champion Lightning McQueen, as well as tech-savvy trainer Cruz Ramirez and the sleek next-gen racer Jackson Storm are going to be rolling into 27 cities from coast to coast to celebrate the new movie, which opens June 16th, 2017. Now, in the official press release by Lily Brayer, who's the Senior Vice President of Worldwide Marketing Partnerships for Walt Disney Studios, has stated, we are going to kick off the tour at Disney Springs in Walt Disney World on Thursday, March 23rd, of course, today. There will be film activities for the whole family and a sneak peek of the movie. Now, the roster of cities that it is going to include, now this isn't the full roster, is going to be Miami, Dallas, Chicago, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Denver, Los Angeles, and many others. Now, if you want to see if your city is on the list, go to cars3tour.com, and that's cars, the number three, tour.com. Now, the Road to Races Nationwide Tour wraps up in California with a visit to the NASCAR at Sonoma at the Sonoma Raceway on June 24th and 25th of 2017. Now, there are a lot of great things with this. Everybody is excited for Cars 3. I know it's a sequel, right? I, I mean, right away you're thinking, it's a sequel again. Come on, you get to see the Cars characters. So definitely check it out. It is coming, and it's kicking off this week, right now, today, at Disney Springs. Now, getting into movies here, how about Disney getting sued for allegedly stealing Oscar-winning Zootopia? Now, we all know Zootopia has won the best animated feature at the Oscars this year, but Disney is being sued by the screenwriter in the United States who alleges that the Oscar-winning animated film Zootopia was stolen. Gary L. Goldman says he pitched the concept to a major studio twice in 2000 and 2009 and was eventually rejected on both occasions, but not before providing copies of materials for animation departments to review. Now, Mr. Goldman, best known for writing Total Recall, contends that he says a treatment, a synopsis, character descriptions, character illustrations, and other materials, in addition to Zootopia as a title, are all part of what he had created. Now, the lawsuit laid out by Goldman's Productions opens up by accusing the Walt Disney Company of long-term engagement in unauthorized copying of works and ideas. Now, the suit references similarities between Disney's film and Goldman's Zootopia, including themes, settings, and the ensemble, even down to individual characters and dialogue. Now, court documents present one example explicitly pertaining to the project's utopian theme, as to whether one can overcome prejudice in a society or what he or she wants to be, and both explore the storyline of animal characters involved in conflict, external and internal. Now, I'm not going to go through everything with this, but, you know... It is one of those things where it really could change the picture if he does have the right, I guess, the right things there because it is going to change a lot and really Disney's going to have to pay out a lot, a lot of money for this. And moving right along here, let's get into something that's a little bit different and sparking dreams, sparking imagination. And how about Disney helping to motivate and jumpstart the dreams of 100 teens at the 10th Annual Academy? Now, every young person attending the Disney Dreamers Academy this month has a story to tell. Some came from broken homes, 
Some were raised by single parents, but the academy has big dreams for them to fill. Now, some dreamers and participants, as they're called, already have their own businesses. Some have started their own clothing lines and many others. Everyone from software developers, clothing lines, and more. Now, you're wondering, what is this Disney Dreamer? What is this program all about? It is a way to help kids really spark the future, follow their dreams, be the next round of inspiration for everybody that is out there. This is something where these kids want to attend the academy because it really shows them how to be leaders, be innovators, be dreamers. And this year is the 10th anniversary, and now Disney is doing that for 100 more teens across the country. And finally, wrapping up here, because we do have some more things coming up on the horizon, how about Capcom to release the Disney Afternoon Collection on April 18th? Yes, everybody loves those classic video games, right? Come on. We all love classic video games, and we have Katie Lee here, who is part of the Disney Afternoon, and now everybody can get excited because the game bundle is going to include six 8-bit platforming games from the Disney Afternoon, and it's kicking off on April 18th. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Chippendale Rescue Rangers 2, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, DuckTales 2, and Tailspin. Now, the games will even include all new three games that are going to have features to make nostalgic game experiences even more challenging, and more fun. Now this is fantastic. I for one am really excited about this and if you want to get the Disney Afternoon Collection it is releasing on April 18th for PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4 and it's going to be about $19.99 for the cost. So definitely check it out. It is going to be fun. So all VD has with that said there is more news on the horizon. Lots of fun things. We have the D team. Get ready for that short leash with Dominic. We have the symphony for your ears with Paige. We have Jason going deep into the vault as well as Cody taking that stroll on the Hollywood walk. We have all kinds of fun on the horizon as we gear up to go back to our childhood. Eat the bowl of cereal. Watch those cartoons. Bounce here and there like a gummy bear because we have Katie Lee stopping in here this week as well. So before we release the reins here to the D-Team, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have with dining reservations and more. They're going to treat you like family. They're going to walk you through the process, hold your hand, give you a big hug, welcome you, to the Disney family and make sure you have the best experience from dining reservations, your tickets, and more. And they have bilingual agents to help you with any language barriers and more, and they're going to make it special, magical, treat you like family. They're award-winning Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all VD heads, with that said, it is time to release the reins here to the D-Team as we gear up and press on for show number 170 for the week of March 23rd, 2017. And I'll be right back, all VD heads. Oh, everyone with an earshot, listen to me. This is your friend Wayne Brady. Me tell everybody about one place you need to go. It's called the Chicken Room. We got parrots, macaws, everybody. Everything that fly under the sun. Everybody welcome. It doesn't matter if your man's a foul. You take flight, take flight, take wing, take flight, take flight, now sing! Welcome to our tropical hideaway, you lucky people, you. You know you're lucky now. If we weren't in the show starting right away, we'd be in the audience too. <laughs> oh. In the tiki, 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 tiki room, in the tiki, 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 tiki room, all the birds sing words and the flowers groove. In the tiki, 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 tiki room, in the tiki, 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 tiki room, in the tiki, 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 tiki room, all the birds sing words and the flowers groove. In the tiki, 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 
vegetation, white sand beaches, and the laid-back spirit of the islands are the inspiration behind Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. This tropical oasis is located in the Magic Kingdom Resort area of Walt Disney World Resort. Along with the no worries atmosphere, Disney's Polynesian Village Resort has monorail transportation to both Magic Kingdom and Epcot theme parks, so you can easily pop back to the resort for a sunny afternoon dip in the pool. Speaking of pools, check this out. The lava pool features a towering volcano, waterfall, and thrilling water slide that capture the natural beauty of the South Pacific. Or if you're more interested in being on the water than in it, you can sign up for a boat rental and explore the Seven Seas Lagoon. Another important aspect of the Polynesian culture is food. Hang loose with Stitch and friends at Ohana for a family-style character breakfast. Or visit the open-air theater in Luau Cove to light up the night and enjoy an authentic luau with Polynesian dancing and an all-you-care-to-enjoy family-style feast at the Spirit of Aloha Dinner Show. Also, be sure to visit the new Pineapple Lanai, the only place to get your favorite Dole Whip outside of Adventureland, and the new enchantingly fun tiki bar Trader Sam's Grog Grotto, where you can enjoy a bite to eat and spirited cocktails, too. When it's time to head back to your room, you won't be disappointed. The rooms at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort are classic and casual. 
Hints of island style like wicker headboards and bright colors are exactly what you would expect from this beautiful deluxe resort. As the sun dips below the water, you'll have a great view of the spectacular fireworks at Magic Kingdom Park and the electrical water pageant on the Seven Seas Lagoon. Take a breath and relax in the tropical paradise that is Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. Hello everyone, this is Dominic and welcome to another edition of Disney Short Leash. If you're new to this segment, a short leash isn't what keeps Tramp from making out with Lady on Pasta Night. Yeah, big points for the D-team on that one. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people that get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. On this week's tip, we continue to talk about our honeymoon getaway. This time we do deluxe resorts with double the memories for half the price. It's on-property hotel time on Short Leash this week. In fact, it's expensive on-property hotel time this week on Short Leash. Some of my first segments on this show have been about the money-saving value of staying off-property, which makes it seem like I'm an off-property kind of guy. No, I'm an open-the-clothes theme park kind of guy who doesn't like to pay for things he's not going to use. I believe in true Disney immersion for that romantic honeymoon, and I must admit that nothing beats staying at, well, some of the on-property resorts. A honeymoon isn't really going to be about the parks anyway, so it's exactly the time where you'd actually get to use the resort you're paying for. Okay, now I'll be quoting prices today, so here's a disclaimer. For this and most of the other short-leash segments, I'm going to stay away from third-party booking options. I know there's Vacation Club point resellers and rentals out there that you can go to. Maybe you get points via a credit card or through hotel club points. Maybe you know a guy who's a travel agent. Whatever. I am not ignorant to the fact that these things exist, but I'm going to pretty much stick with the prices found via the Disney website on the week I'm recording for two reasons. One, it's official. And two, it's a base price I know that everyone can get. Okay, back to the deluxe resort honeymoon thingy. 18 years ago, I wanted to plan a special Disney honeymoon vacation. Most of my typical tricks I used for short lease trips were not options. We were going to fly, not drive. We were going to make a ton of dining reservations. We were going to book enough days to take our time. We were going to use the resort and stay on property. This was about as opposite to a short lease trip as you can get. For example, to make it extra special, I wanted to stay at a deluxe resort. I love deluxe resorts. Not just for the luxury, which is plush and plentiful, but I love them for the convenience, especially the hotels on the monorail loop. You get strolls on a beach, breakfast in bed, my wife's best haircut ever at the salon, live music, the amazing entertaining cheesiness of the electric water pageant. Yeah, I said water. Philly represent. It's no bus for us. It's a quick stroll, a boat ride, a train from the future to the park gates. You simply can't beat really, really, really fluffy sheets and pillows and towels that someone else is going to clean. It's the best, but it's pricey. So is there a short leash tip that can ease the blow? Well, let's find out. It's time to crank up the doctorate to full effect and do some research and crunch some numbers. I'm going to pretend that I'm taking the same honeymoon resort stay today that I took 18 years ago, same week and everything. I was going with two possible options at the time. Option A, a deluxe resort. Option B, a moderate resort. We ended up choosing option C. More on that later. 
At the time, value resorts were around, but they weren't really a thing then. And no offense, but it's probably not going to make the cut when it comes to honeymoon opulence anyway. I also don't remember checking out hotels which are on property but not really affiliated with Disney, or tweeners like the Swan and Dolphin. I do remember that a resort picks were the Grand Floridian for Deluxe and the Coronado Springs of all places for our moderate choice. I don't remember why, I think we like the colors or something. We haven't been back since if that tells you anything. Nothing wrong with it, just not something we felt we had to go back to. Especially when there's other places to try. To recreate this 9 day honeymoon for the exact same week today, it would cost between $206.67 and $279 a night at the Coronado, whose prices may be undervalued right now because the resort is actually being refurbished. The Grand Floridian would run $595 to a whopping $1401.67. Really, they had to tack on that $1.67? For the sake of our collective wallets, let's shoot for the low end for both resorts, making a stay at the Coronado cost $1,860.03 and the 9-day Grand Floridian honeymoon stay to a budget-busting $5,355. That's the cheap end, folks. We haven't bought park tickets or eaten anything yet. That is a $3,494.97 difference between a stay at both hotels. So a stay at the Coronado seems to be the right choice. $3,500 makes a nice down payment on a car. It actually may buy a car. But with all due respect to the Coronado Springs, it isn't the Grand Floridian. And this is a honeymoon, so how are you going to get the full Grand Floridian experience without spending over five grand? And no, you can't hobo it. That doesn't count. Well, here's where the short leash comes in to save the day. Do both. Create a short leash trip inside your longer trip. Stay at the moderate resort for seven days while you're doing your park domination. You probably will not have a lot of resort time if you're park hopping anyway. On day seven, when you're probably ready for a park break, check into the Grand Floridian or a deluxe resort of your choice for nights eight and nine. This will bring your resort cost to $1,446.69 for the Coronado Springs and $1,190 for the Grand Floridian, which is a grand total of $2,636.69. A little bit more than $2,600 is much more manageable than $5,355 if you stayed at the Grand Floridian for the whole time. And it's only $776.66 more than if you only stayed at the moderate resort. So you end up saving a lot more money than you're putting in, relatively speaking. I mean, if you really want to save a boatload of money, just find like a youth hostel or a bridge to sleep under. I mean, it's not a bad deal for three days and two nights of this luxe resort pampering and opulence. It's been 18 years and I still have memories of staying there, getting room service, walking on the sand, my wife enjoying the salon, our fancy dinner, the hotel's overall atmosphere. And that memory has nothing to do with the number of nights we were there. In fact, I had to ask my wife if we stayed for two, three, or four days. I really didn't remember. It's the experiences that matter, not the time. Not to mention the bonus we got of the different set of memories of the food, the colors, and the fun of the Coronado Springs Resort, which we would have missed if we plunked down all that deluxe money. We think nothing of park hopping, why not resort hop? Carve out a special short leash resort stay in a larger vacation, you'll be better for it. Ending your honeymoon like a trust fund baby who's married Jay-Z inside Scrooge McDuck's vault while having two great resort memories and sort of saving a couple grand in the process, that's short leash people. I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. 
Besides hooking me up with that email, Jonathan has also said I can give a shout out to where else you can find me on the internet. Check out our cartoon travel tip blogs at WDW Plantoons on YouTube or any other podcast app that shows video. I recommend iTunes. That is it for this week. Thanks for listening. Muppet Babies are back at McDonald's. You know, we've always been Muppet Baby fans. Stuart here loves baby Kermit. Gord, he's fond of baby Miss Piggy. Anna, baby Gonzo. Me, I'm partial to baby Fuzzy Bear. And for the boss, we got baby animal. <laughs> Muppet Babies, 49 cents each. A new one to collect each week while supplies last. Siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC 82. Hey, gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault, where high adventure is beyond compare. Spring has sprung, and putting a little bit of a pep in our step. That brings us to a new Blu-ray or DVD to view down here in the vault. With voice actress Katie Lee just upstairs, it is only fitting that we look through her oeuvre and find some of the great, wonderful things she has done for animation in general. I'm very excited because I was able to get out a box set I haven't gotten out in a long time. So let's take a swig of a vial, a little bit of gummy berry juice, and enjoy this week's presentation as we delve into seasons one, two, and three of Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Now, when you first hear the title Gummy Bears, you automatically think of the candy. And ironically, that's how it kind of began. There was a little bit of a fad back in 1985 as the chewy candy became a little more mainstream. It never went out of style just got a little bit of a flair. And believe it or not, 1985 is very significant when it comes to Disney animation, considering the only means of being able to see any types of shorts, at least new, would be on the big screen, or in a compilation, on VHS, or on the newly found Disney Channel. Well, rest assured, the Walt Disney Animation Company finally decided that it was time to bring Disney animation to the mainstream. And by doing so, they did it in the form of Saturday morning cartoons. Not with the gummy bears at first, no, but with the Wuzzles. Yes, those poppable, lovable characters that were two brands in one. But it seems that something else was a-brewing. 
and back in Gummy Glen, six little bears were starting to form. And in September of 1985, a new beginning began. As I said, six intriguing bears drawn in the vein of the black cauldron. Yes, my beloved black cauldron. But only lighter. Much, much lighter. And a lot more kid-friendly for Saturday morning television. Here we met Zummy, the great wizard and the holder of the great book of gum, Grammy, the one who could always whip up a quick batch of gummy berry juice that gave everyone a little bounce in their step. Gruffy, which as the name would imply, being gruff, tough, and always in charge. Tummy, a little bit on the chubby side and with a big appetite, but with a big heart. And of course, the two youngest, Sonny and Cubby, not to be confused with the Mouseketeer. What made this cartoon extremely unique is that, one, we were back on Saturday morning cartoons with the Disney name. But rather than it being just a group of anthropomorphic animals, that means animals that walk and talk, these animals actually interacted with the humans in which they lived with. So in other words, the bits of folklore that are woven throughout this entire show actually come to life to most of the humans that interact with them. Be it Cavan, the loyal page boy, or Kala, the princess who happens to look like a blonde Snow White, or their nemesis, Duke Iggy Ichthorn. Yes, you gotta love the alliteration. Of course, with any villain dealing with a castle, you automatically assume they're going after Castle Dunwin, and that's always the case. And not only are they trying to save the castle, but also trying to save the secret of Gummy Glen, the Gummy Bears, and their infamous Gummy Berry Juice. It wouldn't be a true Disney villain without his henchmen, and of course Toadie being Igthorn's right-hand troll. It's throughout this series we get a little bit of magic, a little bit of mystery, a little bit of fantasy, all wrapped up in 30 minutes with a bit of a moral at the end. Now one might ask, why are they the Gummy Bears? Well, as I've kind of alluded to already, the Gummy Bears are a group of magical beings that hold the secret to gummy berry juice. Drinking the juice gives them more bounce in their step, kind of like a little bit of a ball or a little bit of that chew you get when you're bounding into a real gummy bear. There are many different effects that gummy berry juice can give to one However, it is Igthorn who realizes that there is some magical potential, and that's his main reason as to why he wants it, basically giving him more strength so that he can gain control from King Gregor and seize Castle Dunwin. The series ran for 65 half-hour episodes, and that's pretty standard nowadays. However, that's pretty amazing considering when it started in 85. A lot of animated series didn't last that long in one single title, let alone span over that amount of time. But what makes the Gummy Bears such historic and instrumental in our Disney canon is the fact that if it weren't for the Gummy Bears, we would not have the next great adventure, which would have been DuckTales, followed by Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles. Do I need to go on? Yes, they were the ambassadors that would eventually lead us into the Disney afternoon. And certainly, it is 80s fair, so you do have that wonderful hand-drawn animated look. Sure, it was in a new studio and a brand new sense of wonder and excitement. And today, it still holds up as you watch it. Now, as I said, the first three seasons are on DVD, not Blu-ray. It would be great if they were. But it is wonderful to have at least the first 47 episodes of its long run. It is a great box set to have, and you can see how each season builds upon the other. 
the first season is a bit more of an idea of getting used to the characters and the idea of who they are and what to expect in this world. The second season gets a little more in-depth into a plot and a storyline, giving more of the idea that the gummies feel a little more isolated than everyone else. Season 3 gives a bit more substantial stories, especially dealing with Cavan and Calla and the fight for Castle Dunwin. So if you're ready to sit back and enjoy years from 1985 to 1987, then we'll plop yourself down with a big bowl of gummy bears and enjoy this fine series. So I'm going to bounce high up to the top shelf and place this where we can watch it again later. And I will see you again next week as we delve deeper into the Disney archives here in the vault. So until then, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always a vlog flume a ride away to Gummy Glen and always deep inside of you. It's the Gummy Bears. They're new. Have you seen the Gummy Bears? I've got cubbies. The Gummy Bears, the Gummy Bears. I love Sunny. The brave and helpful Gummy Bears. I want Sunny. Hi. Always having fun. Cubby, let's save the king. Sunny, we can make flowers. Sunny, let's make magic. Hooray for all the Gummy Bears. Always having fun. Start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. D-Heads, it's that time again, time for this Hollywood walk, and it is officially spring. May not feel like in some areas, but I tell you what, it has not greeted me kindly so far. As you can hear, I am a little bit under the weather, but we are going to get through this because we have none other than the legend herself, Katie Lee, with us today. Very excited. If you watched any child television back during the 80s and even in the 90s, you've heard Katie Lee's work. She's 
everywhere, she's been everywhere, and she continues to be everywhere. And she is showing no signs of slowing down whatsoever. She's recently been in Space Racers. I mean, that's how recent her work has been. She plays Sandpiper on that show, but most of us Disney fanatics would know her from such things as Dumbo Circus, where she plays Dumbo. Also, she was in The Muppet Babies, My Little Pony, Gummy Bears, and much, much more. So why don't I just dive right in here and let's get to know Katie a little better before she meets up with Jonathan in just a few minutes. Katie was born December 16th in Carmel, California. She is married and she has three children. While she was growing up, she always thought she might be an executive secretary or a teacher. Yeah, she was a little off on that one. She voices Connie Kendall, who is a popular character in Focus on the Family's Adventures in Odyssey. It's been going on since August of 2005. She is the surrogate granddaughter of June Foray, who happens to also be her voice acting mentor. And, as she likes to put it, also her best friend. As mentioned, she's been in so many things, but what we at Disney probably know her best from, probably what I would, would know her best from, is Jim Henson's The Muppet Babies, where she played Baby Rolf and Mrs. Mitchell. And everybody loved Baby Rolf. How could you not? He's just adorable. My personal favorite Muppet Baby of all time has got to be Gonzo, though. But Rolf, a very, very, very close second. But Gonzo has always been my main guy. But Rolf, he was always fun to watch, and I had a lot of fun watching him. Katie enjoyed working on the Muppet Babies, and she absolutely loved working with Jim Henson, and has nothing but wonderful things to say about him, as we're going to find out when she meets up with Jonathan as well. As mentioned, she was in the Disney Adventures of the Gummy Bears, where she plays Sunny Gummy, along with other additional voices. She was also additional voices in Aladdin. Also another childhood favorite of mine that I couldn't wait for school to be over to get home and watch, Darkwing Duck, where she was Honker Muddlefoot. And also every little girl's favorite TV show at the time, back in the 80s, My Little Pony, where she played Sundance, Fizzy, Baby Shady, along with many other additional voices on that show. And I remember having to watch that show as well with, I had cousins, you know, girl cousins that we you know we'd have to watch that if I wanted to watch mine. And her voice acting goes from radio to video games, to movies, to television, and like some of our guests here, it would take me way too long to go through all of them, so I'm going to go through some of what I believe are the highlights here. So as I mentioned for you Disney fans, all those ones, but also she was in Rugrats, Pound Puppies was a huge one, remember watching that as a kid, Punky Brewster, she was additional voices, I used to watch that as well, I mean this is just, K Katie was apparently a huge part of my childhood and I didn't even know it. The Adventures of Raggedy Ann and Andy's, where she was Sunny Bunny and the French Doll. The Adventures of the Little Prince was her first one. Dungeons and Dragons where she was Sheila the Thief. Lego Star Wars The Padawan Menace she was Ian. The Smurfs she was Denissa. A couple of the movies that she's been in is Babe Pig in the City she was the Kitten. My Little Pony the Movie Fizzy Baby and Sundance. And also she did additional voices for Despicable Me and I have to throw this out there because I just watched this movie this weekend with my wife. I sat her down and I said we are watching the Indiana Jones movies and my favorite of all time is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Katie just happens to have played the voice of Maharaja. So, that was a fun fact to find out. Like I said, she's been in so much that I am familiar with that this is going to be a great interview, I can tell already. And for all you video game nerds like myself, she's been in a couple of the 
Infamous video games, Infamous 2, and Infamous Festival of Blood, Lost Odyssey, EverQuest 2, Silent Hill, and Star Ocean First Departure, just to name a few. As mentioned, she's been doing this since the 80s, her voice acting career, and it has not slowed down, it has not stopped one bit, and she just keeps continuing to rise. She's done so much already, just in the last year alone, and doesn't show any signs of slowing down. And after I'm done with my segment here, I'm going to go on Netflix, see how many of these I can find, and I'm going to go back and listen to some Katie Lee. It's great to see that she has been a part of so many of our lives already, and she's continuing to do so for my children as well, who have started watching these shows. So it's great to have her on the show. Super excited. I'm going to bid you all adieu and pass you on over to Jonathan, who has Katie standing by. So I hope you all have a great week, D-Heads, and I hope the weather keeps up for you. We'll see you all next week. Bouncing here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. They are the Gumby Bears. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring, faithful and friendly with stories to share. Sing out in chorus, marching along as the song fills the air. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. They are the gummy bears. Magic and mystery are part of their history, along with the secret. Of gummy berry juice, their legend is growing. They take pride in knowing they fight for what's right in whatever they do.
Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to anything that brightens your day, brightens your living room. You know her from a variety of different things, from Muppet Babies, Darkwing Duck, Dungeons and Dragons, the Gummy Bears, and so much more. We have none other than the talented, the iconic voice actress, Katie Lee here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Hi, thank you. My pleasure. Oh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody with your resume, it continues to impress. Every time I scroll through, I'm like, I remember that show. I love that show. I still show this show to my children. So it's it's always something that really just makes me always in awe from your resume. Now, with that, I guess the one question I always love to start with everybody is, one, did you always want to be a voice actor? And how did you decide that this was going to be a career for you? I didn't always want to be a voice actor, but I did always enjoy listening to voices and imitating things. And I and I came from a funny family that uh, just used, you know, it was part of our sort of daily life. And I never thought about uh, being an actor. I didn't know anything about voice acting. And when I turned, um, when I got a little older... Uh, out of high school, someone recommended voice acting to me uh, because my voice sounded kind of young, and uh, I didn't even realize that. And I do live; I did grow up in Los Angeles, so you know there was lots of people around to, you know, it's in in the in the in the air. And so anyway, he suggested it, and I I started sort of becoming familiar. Uh, with the business, and I went to college, and I ended up getting a degree in broadcasting, and in the meantime, sort of thinking I could do voice acting part-time to make a little bit of money, and uh, I was in San Francisco, and they said, you know, your voice would be really good for animation, and you're going to have to go back down to L.A., do that, and so I thought, well, you know what, I'll give it a shot, and and everything worked out really well and I ended up having a career as a voice actress and that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where it was really fruitful for you and it continued to, you know, now have been a career for how many years and with that, I guess, jumping into some of the things that I know many of our listeners are dying for and one I love to think of is I, we recently had Willie Ames on and we talked about how he originally kicked off the Disney Channel. You know, they pulled the switch, had the Disney Channel come on air and with that, one of those shows and programs was Dumbo's Circus. What was it like being Dumbo on Dumbo Circus? Because that is a long lost gem of a show that I love. It's funny because I was just watching it last week with my seven-year-old, six-year-old niece on YouTube because she was watching the Disney <laughs> movie. I said, you want to see your aunt being Dumbo? And thank goodness for YouTube. You can just bring up anything these days. Stuff, You know, it's, it's a wonderful tool. Um, it was pretty amazing. I went into audition for that, for Lily, the cat, and then they called back and said, hey, uh, would you, we'd like to, we'd like you to be Dumbo. And I was pretty, I was pretty new to the business even. I think it was like in 83. I think I started in 81. So it was like a couple of years into it, really. And uh, I mean, it's pretty, 
pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> it was wonderful. And I worked with so many talented people. We had such a lovely group, and we worked uh, like three days a week, which was kind of unheard of. And just the whole idea of the animatronic puppets fascinated me, The how they did it. And, you know, that was, there was a whole other set of actors who actually embodied the characters, and we were just the voices. So it, it was a, a very amazing to be part of that. They had already done Pooh Corner, and my friend Will had worked on Pooh Corner, and so that fascinated me. I went to that set, too, and then here I was a part of Dumbo Circus. So, um, yeah, it was it was great. And that animatronic stuff, all that stuff led to the invention of the Teddy Ruxpin toy, and we worked on that, too. <laughs> well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where – it was everything was so new, so fresh. It was definitely this era that things were so different with the animatronics and the show. And of course, at that time, the Disney Channel was new, and bringing this classic Disney character to life was, you know, it, you know. I grew up watching that, and I know I passed it on to my kids, and they love watching it. And of course, you went on to many other early '80s uh, Disney shows as well, like the Gummy Bears, because that song sticks in my head continuously. And my children sing that song. I guess looking back, I guess, you know, landing that role, being part of the Gummy Bears, this golden age of animation, did you ever think that it would have this lasting power where people still clamor for the Gummy Bears? I mean, they are looking for a Gummy Bear revival. You know, no, you don't. You have to live long enough to to see this stuff. And it is a special time because for those people, they were, you know, that generation, your generation, I guess, and mine too, in a way, we didn't have TV on demand. We didn't have, you know, you had to get up on Saturday morning to watch it. And if you missed it, you missed it. And even now when I go to conventions, I mean, people are just so excited and I'm frustrated because I guess Disney still hasn't released the second half of the shows we did on DVD, I don't think. Um, we can't figure that out. But it was, a, I mean, it was an amazing show because it was so beautiful and they really wanted to have good Disney animation on it. And they had to do it, like, in record time, way faster than they'd ever, you know, would do a movie normally. So that was a huge challenge for the studio. Um, it's, it is amazing that, so the fans, my point is, you know, they grew up with it. It was kind of out of sight, out of mind, something that's tucked away in your, you know, childhood memory. And now, you know, it still exists, you know, to, in a, in DVD form or in memory form and, and people communicate. Now, now there's a community like you, even doing your show. There, we didn't have that kind of stuff back then to unite people but now people are united by their childhoods and their memories and 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 they get to share their enthusiasm oh yeah you know did you watch this and that meant a lot to me and there's a lot more support for the people who you know this is their childhood and they get to share it and relive it and it, it's exciting to be a part of such precious memories that people have. Well, you know, and like you said, it is one of those things where, you know, you realize that you've played a part in many people's lives in some way, shape, or form, 
And, you know, with that, you know, like you said, you go to these conventions and, you know, you meet many of these people who you've affected over the years. I guess what is the one big, I guess, uh, character that you have brought to life over time that when people see you at conventions, that seems to be the overwhelming, most popular one that people approach you with? There's two. One, I think, is Sunny Gummy. Um, for some reason, that means a lot to a lot of people, Sunny. Uh, they get really excited to meet me. And then also a character I play on the radio. I still play her on the radio. Um, it's not a Disney show, uh, but it's Connie Kendall on a radio show called Adventures in Odyssey that's produced by Focus on the Family. And people have grown up listening to that show, and they, you know, they have their kids listening to that show, and, and we're like sort of like a family not just of listeners, but performers and listeners. So that's that means a lot to people. Um, there's well, and Dumbo Circus is interesting too because people will come by, and if I have those pictures on the table, they'll say, "I told people there was a show with Dumbo in it, but they didn't believe me." <laughs> and here, <laughs> you know, because it was on Disney Channel, which was like barely you had to pay for it, right? When you were a kid, you couldn't. It wasn't. It was a special extra fee if you had cable so not everybody had access to that show so not everybody was exposed to it well definitely like you said it's one of those where people have this uh i guess this uh, hazy vision of something and there's a couple of shows that you know without the invention of youtube i would have thought i was going crazy remembering some of these shows (laughs) right yeah now, with some of these, like the gummy bears, things like that, you've also brought to life many characters that people only know in puppet form usually, but with Muppet Babies and bringing some of them to life as well and being part of, uh, you know, Baby Rolf and things like that. What was it like saying, let's jump on board, I'm part of this Jim Henson animated show, and, you know, Muppet Babies was just so endearing that people loved it and it touched so many people's lives because people I come across still talk about Muppet Babies. Well, it was pretty far out, I got to tell you. Pretty awesome. Uh, (laughs) I grew up a huge Jim Henson fan, and I even watched Rolf in black and white when I was growing up on TV. So I, uh, to have the opportunity to work with the most brilliant person, I think, in television history, I can't even put into words the honor and the joy and and then to be voicing one of his characters it was petrifying uh you know but I I when I heard that there was an opportunity that they were going to do this show I did everything in my power to go to the audition and um and I I what we had to go through I had to, I went to the library or blockbuster somewhere and found a muppet movie so I could watch it and figure out which character I wanted to audition for. And Rolf was really the one I I, I said, I'm, I'm an, I, I can do him. I can do him. And uh, it worked out. <laughs> it was, um, you know, I, the, it's really the biggest thrill. I even have a, a letter Jim Henson type that is probably a secretary type to me, but he dictated and signed and I laminated it and it's in my kitchen just looking at that is just so still unbelievable to me Uh, it's just such a huge blessing I can't you know I can't believe it's me I have to pinch myself because I know they're doing a new show and I'm not a part of it I'm pretty sad about it frankly but you know (laughs) I'm so thankful I'm so thankful that 
none of those people really get to work with Jim the way we did or get to know him. And, and Hank Saroyan, our director, who, as you know, also directed Dungeons & Dragons, that's how I heard about the audition, was just, it was everything to him, this show. He was an editor, writer, director, and just just coddled us and, and bullied us into, you know, <laughs> making the best show he possibly could. We got to sing. We made record albums. You know, who would have ever thought? I never would have thought that that would have been my life at all. It's so beautiful, and it's so neat that people do remember it and, and look back with it with fond memories. I so appreciate being a part of that, too. Well, you know, and like I said before, you know, you've heard it so many times. You've played so many parts in people's lives from so many different shows, from, you know, Richie Rich, uh, The Muppet Babies, and Dungeons and & Dragons, which, of course, is always a fantastic one. Now, I guess when you're going into the sound booth and you're recording all these roles and all these different things, is there one role that you have portrayed over the years that you just felt like this was the most fun. It was the most memorable. It's the one where, you know, when you write down that book, you actually fill out your memoirs one day. You're like, that one has to go in there because it was so much fun. I'm working on that, <laughs> by the way. I totally okay. am. So um, probably being Baby Rolf in The Muppet Babies. You know, so that first table read with Jim Henson sitting there with us uh, just blew me away. It, yeah, I mean, because really, I was I I was in college, and the show I the only show I watched I think was the Muppet Show. So I mean, it was just to go, and, and you know, and I I I I I squeezed every ounce of that experience out that I could. I when I was in London, they were filming Labyrinth, and I got to go to the set of that, you know, as a guest, like, you know, I. Totally worked it. When they were out here in Hollywood doing the second Muppet show, I got to go on set. Every, every time I was in New York, they were never doing Sesame Street, but I, Sesame Street's one of my favorite shows ever, you know, and just watching how they do those. Even though we were a cartoon, it got me a foot in the door of this magical world of Muppets, you know. Um, so that is just, you know, really, really, uh, in the cartoon world, that's great. And like I said, uh, Playing Connie Kendall, too, is, you know, people, it's changed people's lives. We have people whose lives have incredible stories you hear from being part of that show. It's, a, it's like a ministry, and I just get to play a role, but to be a part of it is um, just absolutely precious. So, I don't know, there's two, I guess, but that, that, the Muppets are just, some, a friend of mine, we were in Atlanta last week and I didn't realize I forgot that that puppet museum was there and I didn't go but my friend went and she did like a Facebook live and and like her just looking at those puppets makes me cry I mean I totally fan girl geek out whatever you want to call it because they are just the most magical things that have ever existed in my life 
Oh, you know, to me, that answers the question completely because, you know, he played such a part in your life that you grew up with, inspired you, and you were able to be part of that, much like you're inspiring new generations of people who are moving on and, you know, and doing their thing. And it's just, it's this chain reaction of inspiration, dreams, and magic that seems to happen, I feel. There's nothing new under the sun, right? It all gets recycled in one way or another, I guess, and... You know, I, like I said, I remember watching Rolf play the piano on the Jimmy Dean show. I, in Sesame Street, I've got kids too, you know, and just, and, and well, even before I had kids, Sesame Street was on the air and just watching it because it was funny and, and the voices and imitating them. Like you don't realize, if you don't think you're going to be an, a voice actor, you don't realize when you're taking these characters in that it's going to come out again someday you know but you do that like that's a style of acting that's a style of voices that when it's called for you know what to do because you watched it and it's ingrained it's part of my dna as a you know a viewer i guess a consumer (laughs) and now you know i'm a producer coming up with stuff like that you know listening to their voices i mean Bert and Ernie and their whole, I mean, that's, and, and watching them, I don't know, I sound crazy, but, you know, if if you're a Muppet fan, then you know what I'm talking about. It's just hilarious. Someone interviewed me with a <laughs> puppet uh, at a convention, and, you know, they're, they, those, those Muppet-style puppets are like people. It's just really funny. They have their own personalities, and you talk to a puppet, and, I got to go to the set when they were filming. I think Pierce Brosnan was on when they were doing a Muppet show here in Hollywood. And just, you know, it's fascinating watching how did they... The art of puppetry like that is just still, I think, underrated. And I can't believe I missed going to that museum. I'm, I, I absolutely have to go. And I recommend everybody go see the Puppet Museum in Atlanta. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, from what I could see, I missed a lot. So next time for sure, I'm going to make sure I go there. Because, I mean, when I got to, I got to go to the Creature Factory in London, well, in in New York too, actually. But to go there and you just see all the little parts and the pieces and what they have to do to create these these things. And it's just well, I like to make stuff. If you're an arts and crafts person like me, you kind of really like oh, you know, glue and foam and paint and you know, let's make a muppet. And they do, and it's like it's it's fun. It's fun to make stuff. Well, you know, and, you know, aside from just even making the Muppets and the puppets and things like that, you know, I look at that as that's true to what you do as well, because you're bringing these characters to life with a voice and bringing that character to them. And, you know, from everything like from Darkwing Duck to everything you're even doing now. And like I said, Dungeons and Dragons, so many different things, I guess, you know, through all of these, it it's not always easy. It's not always a, a gravy kind of job. Are there any of those characters that you have brought to life where it was just, you know, you had one of those days in that sound booth and you're like, wow, this is just, it's a tongue twister. It's really hard and I got to get this out. Hmm. Let me think. I don't, I don't, I, well, hmm. No, I'm trying to think. 
There might, if there were, I probably blocked it out of my mind because it was. <laughs> but when we first had to sing for the Muppets, I'm not a singer. Well, Dumbo Circus even, we sang a little bit, but they didn't let me sing very much because I'm really, you know, not a trained singer. Um, so they would kind of, you know, really help me through songs. And then Muppet Babies had singing. And Hank wanted us to go in the studio. And it was like every kid's dream, you know, to be in a recording studio singing a song like rock star, you know. But I was so paranoid. Um, because I really didn't, you know, we couldn't, when they tried the first time to have us all sing together, that was impossible. So we had to do it separately. And I think the first night Hank went and bought me a beer or two so I could relax. <laughs> and then he sent me to a singing coach and it got better as it went along. Then I start, you know, started having more fun, but it was like, whoa, you know, this is a new experience for me. I sang in the church choir as a kid, but I certainly didn't, you know, this was just different. And singing, But I do sing in character, thankfully, for all the years I've had experience. And I'm not afraid. I tell people, I'm not a singer, but trust me, we will get this done. Be patient, and it'll click, and there's going to be a take that you can use. So just hang in there. <laughs> but that was grueling. I think we the that first session went until midnight or one in the morning uh trying to get the songs out so um that was that was tough uh that was really tough the hardest thing i had was you know i sat next to frank walker in dungeons and dragons i sat next to him in muppet babies and he was so funny it was so hard to just not want to goof around and laugh and joke and stay focused on the script to tell you the truth so I took up knitting to keep my hands busy so I could, and crocheting to keep me busy in the studio so I wouldn't talk to my neighbor. <laughs> well, you know, and, and with that too, uh, you know, there's many different things the way voice acting and uh, that kind of industry has changed over the years from doing many things separately, doing things together, doing things collaboratively. I guess, which way do you like to work better? Do you like to have everybody kind of there together feeding off each other? Or do you like just, I want to go in, say my lines, and be done? I mean, no, it's way better if you're doing a show. I mean, life is too, we, I, I get the biggest kick out of watching other people perform. You know, people would apologize when Rolf only had a couple lines or, you know, Honker didn't have a lot of lines. I didn't care. Just being in the room with everybody and watching them work was was fun. I like that, you know, and that's, I got to kind of learn on the job, frankly. Um, you know, there is no, there was, there was not really any animation school that I knew of, you know, uh, so you kind of learned on the job. I mean, some things, oh, I mean, you do save time if you go in by yourself, but the best shows are working all together for sure. It's just, it's, it's good because otherwise you feel like you're by yourself and, when you're together, you, you've got, you know, your colleagues, and it's fun. They're all so talented. Who wouldn't want to be with, you know, a Bill Scott or a June Frey or a Jim Cummings or, you know, a Will Ryan or, you know, it's just fun that way. Well, you know, and with that, And, and too, you do get to play off each other. You get to play off, especially, you know, if you think about Honker and Goslin. They're doing stuff together, you know, and it's way more fun 
you know, getting the energy off the other actor helps you know how to respond. I was just going to say I teach a class where it's an ensemble acting class because I want people to have the experience of working with other actors and not just talking to themselves and doing four or five, six different takes and letting the, you know, the editors pick a take. Like, work with other people and get the feel of what it's like realizing that you are acting and your dialogue is dialogue. It's not individual lines that are just cut and pasted together. Dialogue. Well, you know, and with that, like you said, because working as an ensemble is something that is completely different, and I feel like you can tell a lot of times on many different programs where you can tell that they did have that, they did mesh. Now, because because there are so many different things that are, uh, I guess, so many actors and people you've worked with over the years, is there any one, I guess, voice artist that you never had a chance to work with that you always wish you would have had? Yes, Robin Williams. Robin, well, a couple. Robin Williams, Jonathan Winters. My first gig was on the Mork and Mindy cartoon, and I got so excited because I thought I was going to work with them, and I went in there by myself. So those two, I wish, and I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever worked with Dodds Butler. That would have been pretty awesome, too. Well, you know, and with that, too, like you said, you do, you know, you are coaching, things like that, having people work as an ensemble. Now, I guess with that, do you get a lot of aspiring new voice artists out there that are looking to, you know, move on and make this a career? And, you know, how hard is it to teach them that it isn't just saying lines into a microphone? You are acting. It's not hard once you um, get, yeah, they, they do want to. And it's not hard because they they love it. They actually get a lot out of it. They enjoy it. And I love directing. So um, I have a lot of fun, you know, helping them get that performance out of them. I sometimes, sometimes I think I'm mean. I don't know. I, but <laughs> I just, you know, just work, I work, work, work trying to get it, you know, get it to come out of them. And then they're so happy. It's like a... It's like a victory. It's like pulling a tooth and going, yay, we got it. But it's a good, good feeling, not a painful feeling. Um, yeah, they, they like it too. They, you know, it's, it's a good experience. People enjoy that and I think it helps them, uh, to have that opportunity. And, and they know. They know, no, but no, none of the voice actors, most voice actors, unless the ones who are reading audiobooks, you know, like to sit alone and read, are happy. But the ones who want to be character actors, they, you know, we feed off of each other. And there, a lot of them are improv actors. And if you aren't, you should be if you're going to do animation. Um, voice acting is a lot of improvisation. So, you know, there. Anyway, that that lends itself. That's a that's an ensemble thing too. Definitely. Now, I guess aside from everything from your career in voice acting, because you know it is so illustrious. You've done so many different things. It just put me in awe. You know, I'm always like, you know, that, that is me a career too. that I would have. <laughs> that is a career that I would have loved to tackle many times over, and I've always put it on the back burner. But it's not too late. <laughs> Well, with that, you, you don't just do that. You also do other things, and you're going to be, uh, you know, setting your sights on Sail on the Seas very soon as well, correct? <laughs> yeah, uh, Focus on the Family, who's the parent company that produces Adventures in Odyssey. They're celebrating their 40th year on the air, and my show is celebrating its 30th 
thirtieth year on the air. My show, show I work, Adventures in Odyssey, and they're um, sponsoring a Disney cruise in November. So we're going to go on the cruise. It sounds like a lot of fun, and we're going to do some shows. You know, some some live performances, some stuff with the kids, and just meeting people and. Uh, yeah, so we are looking forward to that in November. Very cool. Well, we know you're busy. We know that you have a lot of different things, you know, always on the horizon, always so many different things going on. You're a very busy person. So I guess with that, in wrapping up here with everything from your career, so many different people's lives you've touched, including my own and things that I've passed on to my children and, of course, all the new work that you continue to produce, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for all your fans, fans of Katie and people who you've touched their lives, inspired, and so much more? I just appreciate everybody so much. Never be afraid to tell somebody like me that you're a fan because it blesses us. I learned that. When I first came to Hollywood, I was around my idols and thought, oh, am I supposed to play it cool or what? And I said, no, they, they must like to know that they meant something to me as much as I like to know that I've done a good job. So I'm... I love to tell people when I meet them what they mean to me and and my the people who are fans now that I've come to learn are fans just bless me so much and it, you give meaning to the work that I do without people listening and enjoying it you know I I wouldn't be doing this you know there would be no business so having that feedback and that support from fans means everything to me and I don't think of them as as fans. I think of them as friends. You're, I think everybody are everyone's friends. I just haven't met them yet, and and I don't. There's very few projects I've ever worked on that I didn't like, and so in a way, we're all fans of the show together, you know. And so we share that 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 sameness, and I just appreciate. Uh, you know, that, that people enjoy what we're doing because we don't get immediate feedback. There's no live audience. So to hear from people, you know, years later, it's just so overwhelming. And uh, I appreciate it so much when, when people share what, what um, the shows have meant to them because, quite frankly, you know, you we record. We recorded back then. It didn't come on the air for, like, nine months later, right? So you're already on to some other project. Then it gets on the air, and especially if we're talking about shows we did 30 years ago, 25, 20 years ago, if you missed it, you missed it. You know, you tried to use your your VCR. But so there's such a delay. So it seems like it takes about 30 years to hear that people were watching your show. And now it's a little bit, you know, different. Everything's on all the time. There's shows... I'm working on now that they get aired a lot quicker, especially with uh, digital animation. You know, the, they don't, they're not ink and paint stuff anymore, so things get produced a lot faster, and we get to see our shows a lot sooner. Um, and now I've gone off track, but uh, what do I have <laughs> to say? Just thank you. Thank you for even wanting to have me on your show. I really appreciate it. What well, makes me like relive said. my life? Well, you know, and you said being a fan, of course, you know, I, I can I can probably foresee that you probably, you know, pick up some Sunny Gummy stuffed dolls back in the day and some collectibles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. 
But not as much as I wish I had. I had no idea. You know, I didn't know from collectibles. Um, I went to a My Little Pony convention. That was Marvel did that, too. Not Disney, but, oh, my goodness, if I had saved all the pony stuff that we had done, that would have been pretty smart. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Oh, I, I know what I was going to say. We're busy, you know, raising our families and stuff and not realizing what's going on out there, you know. I had my son. I was pregnant with both of my kids, uh, both my two oldest kids when I worked on the mother babies. So, you know, the audience was a little bit older than my kids, so I was kind of lagging as far as whatever products were out there. Whatever, but I remember Henson's company sent us some stuff when the kids were born and like a Muppet baby book and uh, stuff like that. And I'm glad I have those things, but they're personal. They're not really, I didn't really collect too much. I have a, a baby roll and a cell. I don't have too many things, to be honest. But just enough. Well, you know, Katie, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us, take this trip down memory lane, your entire career, and touching so many people's lives. So thank you once again for stopping in, and thanks for all the memories. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. You're a great interviewer, and it was really great to meet you. Wow, this must be my family tree. Look, that's my great-great-dogfather, Wolfgang Amadagus Mozart. Doggone it, I never could get that note right. Keep trying, you'll get it. Yeah! What? I'm a dogger, 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 I'm a 1761, Wolfgang got his first piano. He was a puppy, he was a baby grand. Friday, 2.30, Wolfgang wrote his first song. It was a real dog. Just after dinner, Wolfgang tried again. This one left the audience howling. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. They got on what they thought was a thrill ride. They got off in a mystical dimension. Give the horn back to Uni! 
Now they're trapped. We're in trouble. In a world of dragons, wizards, and danger. Oh, I'll take what's mine. They're in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Getting home will be a real trip. Let there be tomorrow. Watch Dungeons and Dragons coming up in a few minutes. New on Fox Kids. Hey there, D-Heads. Paintry with an all-new Magical Music Review. Jonathan just wrapped up with Katie Lee, who is known as Sunny Gummy, among many other roles. This provides me with the perfect opportunity to break out the 1990 release of the Disney Afternoon Songbook. A collection of mainly theme songs, the album represents many of the popular shows that aired as part of the Disney Afternoon programming block on the Disney Channel. Disney Afternoon launched 27 years ago this December. The block held a two-hour time slot on the channel, and the shows would also later air on Toon Disney. Everyone had their favorite show from the block, and I had four of those favorites from my family queued up and ready to go. Join me as we have a throwback to childhood magical music review this week with the Disney Afternoon Songbook. Our first selection premiered in 1989. Chippendale Rescue Rangers provided everyone the chance to see Chip and Dale in an all-new way. Now they weren't causing trouble for Donald or for Pluto. Instead, they were part of the detective agency with friends Monterey Jack, Gadget, and Zipper. Chip sports the look of Indiana Jones while Dale's outfit was modeled after Magnum P.I. The two would handle crimes too small for the police with their friends for three seasons. With a theme song written by Mark Muller, it's a show that 90s kids easily still recognize.
trouble bad guys seem double when they're around the chips are Adventures of the Gummy Bears first hit the air in 1985. Focusing around the Gummy Glen Gummies and their adventures, the show would entertain fans for six seasons, starting on NBC before moving to ABC and then Disney Channel to join Disney Afternoon. The theme song was composed by songwriters Michael and Patricia Silvershire. The duo also composed our next selection, Gummy Berry Juice, which is a concoction made of gummy berries by the Gummy Bears, giving them the ability to bounce at unusual heights for a limited amount of time. The lyrics are an oversimplified version of the recipe that only Grammy Gummy knows. Overall, the song itself is very light, whimsical, and full of fantasy in its sound. getting a reboot this year, but nothing will ever beat the classic 1987 Disney cartoon that took everyone to Duckburg and all over the world on the wild adventures of Huey, Dewey, Louie, Webigail, Launchpad, and Uncle Scrooge. DuckTales is one of those shows that has remained ever popular between reruns, original video games and their re-releases, t-shirts, and the catchy theme song that never left our heads. 
written once again by Mark Muller. The theme song was sung by Jeff Paschetto, who also took the lead vocals for Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck. The full version of the song, which we have to enjoy today, contains a second verse and a guitar solo performed with a wah-wah paddle to mimic duck-like sounds. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery or rewrite history. Ducktails, woo! Every day they're out there making ducktails, woo! Tales of daring, do bad, and good luck tales, woo! When it seems they're heading for the final curtain, cold deduction never fails. That's for certain. The worst of messes become successes. Ducktails, woo! Every day they're out there making ducktails, woo! Tales of daring, do bad, and good luck tales, woo! Danger, watch behind you. There's a stranger out to find you. What to do? Just grab on to some ducktails. Final selection today brought Baloo, King Louie, and Shere Khan to Cape Suzette for all new adventures. Tailspin saw another theme song written by Michael and Patricia Silvershire, and while the singer is unknown, the song opened the series starting with its four-part premiere, leading viewers into plenty of new adventures with Baloo and a cast of new characters, including Kit Cloudkicker and Rebecca Cunningham, who is based on the character of Rebecca Howe in Cheers to fashion a Sam Malone and Rebecca dynamic between Baloo and Becky. Whether referred to as the show's theme song or titled Spin It, the song is still attention-grabbing 27 years later. <laughs> Spin it! Let's begin it. Tell 
And with that, I need to say that my time is up. Thanks for sticking around for another magical music review and for coming back to Disney On Demand every week. Feel free to connect with the D-Team and myself on Facebook or shoot us an email at our disradio.com email addresses. Have a wonderful rest of your week, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! It's Iron Will! I can resist anything! I dare you! You dare me? I double too can dare you! To sniff the lemon, orange, and cherry, but not taste, that's what I'm daring! Uh-oh! That's the double too can dare! Give me those Kellogg's fruit loops! The irresistible part of this complete breakfast! Once you smell them, you gotta have them! You'll need my stamp to check these books out. Whoops. Oh, no. You can personalize your stuff with a gummy stamper. One of four free in Fruit Loops. Just watch where you're stamping. Whoops. Hey, D-Heads. You're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Lots of fun things, great conversations, and I have to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented Katie Lee for stopping in here, chatting with us, taking this time out of your busy schedule, and of course, giving us all the magic and memories from our lifetime of Disney. From Gummy Bears, Dumbo Circus, Muppet Babies, you name it, you have played a part in many of our childhoods that I pass on to my children as well. So thank you, Katie, for taking that time, stopping in, and thank you for the memories. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. Yes, Dominic, Paige, Jason, and Cody all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without the D-Team, it'd be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. And remember to connect up with the D-Team, and you can do that by finding all of their email addresses and more on our official website at disradio.com. And finally, yes, thank you, the D-Heads. The show would be nothing without all of you D-Heads out there. So thank you, the D-Heads, for stopping in every single week, making the show what it is for the last seven years, and helping us bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. So thank you, the D-Heads. Now next week for show number 171, we're getting that much closer to our official seven-year anniversary, and we have another special guest stopping in here next week. And before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in, I do have to give you all the different ways to stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, our Lifetime of Disney Player, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can follow us on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. All of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical little show. And remember, if you can't wait, you need the magic instantly in your ears. It's super easy. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. It's that easy. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio. And all of those different ways you can subscribe and get the shows as they get released instantly on your iPhone, your Android, your mobile device, and more. And listen to us ramble every single week right away without delay. And remember, if you can't remember any of this, just go to our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. 
and stay connected there with all these links and more. Now next week for show number 171, as I mentioned, we are getting that much closer to our official seven-year anniversary here at Disney On Demand. And next week, we're going to take a trip. I guess we're going to take a trip into an area where it's an automobile, somebody we love. We're going to take a trip on a boat and also maybe have a little heart-to-heart talk with somebody. I'm going to leave it at that. So until next week, all of you D-heads, as I always say, take time, slow down, never neglect family for business. That is the most important thing, the most important thing that I can leave you every single week. So until next week, all of you D-heads, I'll catch you online and make the magic and memories happen and have a fantastic weekend. I got class, menage, I'm in the groove. As long as you don't try to move, I got style. And a crazy beat You sure are light on those two left feet And we're friends for life Friends for life Through all kinds of trouble and struggle and strife If I've got a problem I can't explain I'll be there with the plane I got moves, son You learn from me I got a song to sing If you can find the key Whatever he's got I've got more of But there's one thing we both are sure of We're friends for life Friends for life Through all kinds of trouble and struggle and strife I'm stuck on a mountain without a hope I'll be there with a robe Like my does Oh, you sure are cute They fit me better than your monkey suit There's nothing to do I don't do better But as long as we can stay together We're friends for life Trouble and struggle and strive There's all kinds of people But we'd rather rather be be friends for life You and me Enough. <laughs> We're friends. We're friends. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.